Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Tiny House Summit. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I am here with Lindsay Wood, the tiny home lady. Lindsay Wood is on a mission to develop 100,000 tiny homes as affordable houses in California and across the U.S. Lindsay has been a real estate investor since 2015 and believes tiny homes are a solution to the housing and climate crisis. Lindsay Wood, welcome to the summit. Yay, Ethan. I'm super excited. I love what you create always. Anytime you send me an email and say, I'm doing something, I'm like, I'm in. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And and likewise, you are a prolific creator of tiny house knowledge and teaching, and I just love your passion on the topic. Cool. Um, so you you are vastly knowledgeable about tiny houses. You've you've had your own tiny house, you've you've had troubles, you've you are building a new one. Um, but there is like a specific topic that I was like, I want Lindsay to talk about renting out your tiny home because you've got some unique experience there. Um, but I think, why don't we just start just so people can learn a little bit more about you, uh, maybe like five minutes on you and your tiny house story. Yes. Yes. Cause it always, we all start with a story, right? So my husband sure. and I were living in Marin County and San Francisco Bay area, uh, spending about $1,500 a month over seven years. That was over a hundred thousand dollars in rent. And what we really valued was home ownership. We wanted a piece of the American dream too. However, everywhere we looked, you know, it was a million plus for yep. basic type of housing. We didn't quite have that kind of income. We also didn't want to feel so locked into a one place because I'm a traveler. I love seeing other parts of the country, parts of the world, and felt that, you know, just really tying myself with that kind of real estate was going to be too much. So that's where the tiny home idea came in. I knew Jay Schaefer. I saw his third tiny home be built. Um, I owned a 40-foot tour bus in the in the early days of 2000, 2006. So I'd had my, you know, hands at smaller living, alternative living. But the tiny home was very appealing because when you own an engine and you're not a mechanic, <laughs> that ship had sailed. So I really mm -hmm. thought the tiny home was the ideal thing. We looked around for a builder or at least a festival, flew out to Arlington, Texas, found our builder on the final day, and we're so excited. We started you know, engaging with them and the contracts and all this stuff for a custom tiny home, a 33-foot-long gooseneck tiny home, and we were really excited. We had done some flipping. We knew some handyman work, stuff like that, but we knew we couldn't build our own tiny home. We, did, mm -hmm. we just felt like, no, we are not skilled for that. However... What was a done-for-you project quickly turned into a surprise DIY when our builder went out of business in the middle of the build. So that's usually where everyone's like, oh my goodness. Like A big question I ask a lot of people is, could that happen to you and could you handle it? Most people say no. Different for the DIYers that you connect with is that a lot of people are already knowing what they're getting into, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, we then went into an eight-month, you know, we got we rescued our home from Utah, we brought it back to Ukiah, finished it with our family, took us eight months, and then hit the road and traveled. And what I found myself doing was speaking at stages like Colorado Tiny House Festival, People's Tiny House Festival. And what I spoke about were the top tips for hiring a builder because of what we just been through. And what we had learned after driving 6,000 miles with our tiny home, it's just too heavy to ever mm -hmm. do that again. We love the travel but it is not built like lightweight as an RV. And of course, 
now our life is really more going to these type of events. We've been to seven this year alone in 2022. Wow. So we needed a place to land our home. We made it mm -hmm. down. It was after COVID. It sat in Ukiah for like the two years of COVID. And then we realized, okay, now it's coming back in. Tiny Fest was down in San Diego. Let's drive it down there. We had some friends. Let's either sell it. Some, we were just sort of exploring what we're going to do with it. But mm -hmm. we knew it was not going to ever travel. And we wanted to explore living down in San Diego. So we went down there. And it okay. was really great to live down there, um, be down there. There was a moment, though that we were going to leave for a month and we had an opportunity of like, well, if we're going to leave for a month, could we Airbnb it? We had found on tiny houses, San Diego, a location to be in El Cajon, which is like 20 minutes away from the beaches. Mm -hmm. And we asked the owner there, could we, while we leave Airbnb, the tiny home? And he said, yes. And we were like, okay, now all of a sudden we had to think of our home as more of an investment. What do we need to keep in it? All that kind of stuff. And so that really started our journey of renting out our tiny home. It was a one three-week trip that we were going to take in our truck and our camper mm -hmm. uh, because we learned that we could travel with our camper, which is much lighter weight than yep. have our tiny home. And that was really then became the home base. Got it. Okay. So you you shifted to a camper for more lightweight, more nimble travel and the tiny home stayed at home and became an Airbnb. Exactly. And um, were there visuals that you wanted to put up for this or, or are we? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to, because that was, you know, biggest part of the journey was like, okay, now we have this opportunity. Uh, oops, I forgot to share the right screen. There we go. Now we have this opportunity so what do we have to think about? So this is what I put together. Renting your tiny home short-term versus long-term. Can you see my screen? I can. It looks beautiful. Great. Okay. So short-term rental con considerations. Um, we really needed to, we didn't come up with a full-on agreement. We did do an mm -hmm. MOU, Memo of Understanding. That way, you know, we were renting from them $1,000 a month. And then we got the opportunity to rent it out to them. So he told us, Hey, as long as you're paying me the thousand, you can charge whatever you want to charge. Mm -hmm. It could have been that we went into an arrangement together where, you know, we just split the fee, but that really wasn't the scenario. He wanted his thousand dollars a month and that included utilities. So we already knew that, Hey, if we could beat the thousand dollars a month by renting it out a few times, then we've paid for our rent. And we did that three months in a row, which was great. Yeah. So having that land agreement and the word arbitrage is that, the property own the property owner, then we own the tiny home, and then there's the person that's renting from us through the Airbnb system. Now, Airbnb is largely used as you know synonymous with short term, but you can do VRBO, you can do you know things on your own website, you name it. There's other solutions. Just Airbnb is known as like Kleenex to the short term market. So then I started doing some research, right? Go to Google and find out what do I need to do to create an Airbnb. It really comes down to decluttering your life, like my pictures and all of that, and really creating a staging for the home, much like anyone ever. Mm -hmm. I've used Airbnb, so I've gone into other places where there were no personal pictures. There, you know, there wasn't like the hamster full of someone else's clothes kind of thing, right? Like couch surfing, right? Think of something that, you know, the more you create and stage your home, possibly the more you could get. 
And then there's also the user guide. How to use your home. What are the quirks about a home that you need to consider? What are the nearby restaurants that you want to guide someone to? The good news is we were in San Diego area, 20 minutes from the beach. So there was plenty to think about. We didn't really know the area for like restaurants because we had lived, you know, in our own tiny home and I live with a chef. So, you know, I could have asked more people, but we basically really focused on making sure everyone knew how to use our home. Compost toilet was a big part of that. I actually thought that would be the biggest concern, um, but things like our loft, you know, what to tell people in the description, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Um, so those are some big considerations. Another one, the cleaning person. I could emphasize this, like I would say out of all of them, the most important is the person that's gonna come and clean your home. Now, if that's yep. you yourself doing it, no problem, right? It's up to you to clean it. Even if we you think you can do it, you you need somebody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you also could be the like, all right, we'll try it for a while. And then you might get tired of it and be like, I'm not clean anymore. We knew yeah. because we were leaving. And funny enough story where we're taking a walk, a dog came out in the street. Mm-hmm. We met, you know, each other's dogs met. One thing led to another. I asked her, hey, do you know anyone that cleans tiny homes or cleans homes? Yeah. And that led to this amazing person. That yeah. we paid $80 to clean our home, even mm-hmm. though we charged people about $60 yep. for the cleaning service. So we paid over $20 than what we brought in. Totally worth it. Super yeah. reliable. Probably more on time than I was. <laughs> um, <laughs> she also had to do more than just clean the home. She had to right. then take the sheets, right? Put out the towels and get it ready for the next one. Yep. I even went as crazy in the early days, like here, put out a little snack. And, you know, I would say 10 guests in that kind of left the building. Right. Now, did she do the laundry? She did. And our laundry system was literally, we have like a crawl in closet. There was no way she was going to be doing laundry like we were going to do. So what we did, we bought two sets. I had so much fun going shopping, but I basically mm-hmm. bought two sets of sheets, two sets of towels, Two sets of even the, you know, makeup towel, the, yep. um, yep. the you know, the cleaning, uh, what do you call it? The dish drying towel, all of those things we had sets for. So then she collected that, um, when she came to clean, she had an, a fresh set that she brought. Yep. Then we even did agreement where she would have a cleaning fee and we would pay her for that. Maybe it was like an extra $10. So she did the laundry like offsite. Exactly. At home. Yeah. Because okay. our system would have taken forever to dry. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, she needs to come in, do the changeover and leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the cleaning team is key. And it was this one woman and she was amazing. Um, we also had a lot of dog hair on this one couch that <laughs> just, you know, took forever. Like if I was to ever go back and do it again for real, I'd never have that couch. Or at least I'd yeah. never have my dog with that couch. <laughs> So there's some things that, you know, need to consider about how, you know, you might live. And what was weird was that we actually came home for another month. So we were gone for three weeks. That was easy. Then we came home and we actually did the thing where we would leave every weekend. That was crazy. We did that for about two months. And then our short-term rental, you know, adventure ended because we just were too tired of that bouncy house. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what I would recommend, this is something I did not do. Get a trial run with friends or ah. someone, you know, that, you know, to just go from like literally from the beginning that like where they're booking on the computer yep. all the way through checkout, 
to recommendation and really get your eyes on the whole experience. Yeah. So invaluable. And I didn't do it. So of course, our very first person really didn't know how tiny our tiny home was. They really weren't aware that a loft was, you know, in our home. Like there were so many things that that one person, which ended up giving us a three star, a bad, you know, not so great review. Yeah. Um, And so that always kind of, we, I think we ended with 4.7 review overall, whereas everyone pretty much after that was five star, but I learned the most I learned was from that experience with them. They were, I called them the white glove treatment. Mm -hmm. Every stain, everything, every whatever. I mean, my husband had must've gone back in and left like a coffee stain inside the sink. You know, some people might get annoyed by that, but I actually am super grateful that someone like, get your pickiest friend. Yeah. Don't get the friend that's kind of sloppy and they don't care. Get the person that's like, well, I noticed like, tell me everything. Yeah. Because that is going to affect you down the road. And even with their, you know, Airbnb, especially, they even say, you know, reduce your rate so you can get the reviews. Yeah. Um, You know, it's worth it to like get three or four friends in for a night or two nights or whatever it may be. You know, you can kind of trick the system by putting it for a dollar as long as you're on the phone. Like, okay, go, go book it. (laughs) Yeah. Right now, or I'll pay you back, whatever, whatever you need to do to book that thing so you can get reviews there. Um, so that's really kind of like links from trial run into first booking, you know, offer them a deal. The three-star review, I literally said, I'll pay for everything. I did not Mm -hmm. know, you know, that we had somehow left the dog. My husband left the door open. The dog came back in, you know, got dog hair back on that couch, which is like Velcro. So there were some things that I just were not aware of that thankfully the cleaning team, you know, that first guest and all of that, that I learned from. So that's really what I have to share about short-term considerations. Oh, um, let me click here real quick. So this is actually our listing. We really dolled it up on the outside. We had all these photos. We had a pretty good rate. Um, you know, all kinds of things. We did have a, there it is 4.67 review, Mm -hmm. um, mostly fours and fives, except for that one, three. So that one, three, at the very beginning, carried with us, you know, all the way through. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you want me to show any photos. Sure. Yeah. You can show if, if there's like something thinking about the photos and how to take them. Um, sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your money shots, right? Like yeah. your main yeah. photo at the very top, a lot of light. Um, you can absolutely go into Google. What's the best way to take an Airbnb photo shoot? But these are just my phone, my photos mm-hmm. um, off my phone. So I can tell with a really good quality camera, this would have been a, a picture even more amazing, yeah. right? So you might consider a professional photo shoot with your tiny home, um, you know, but we did what we did. I made sure like no one's around, everything's pristine. We had a barbecue table out. We even had a media center. Notice this one right here, super fun, where I even had instructions on how to set up these headphones with the media. I found this, this couch nearby for free. It was in pristine condition and then put our own little like Adirondack chairs with it. So, you know, things, and people loved little signs like this. Think big, live tiny. Um, the amount of comments we got on that. What else, you know, little, little adornments here and there, fake Mm -hmm. plants, because obviously we're in the sun and we're gone for a lot of time. So there's, you know, cute little, now notice the street is like right there. 
So mm-hmm. we dolled it up as much as we could, you know, things like welcome to your tiny home. I um, hope you have a great stay on the sign as we walk out, mm-hmm. you know, everything's super clean. You know, we had a lot more spices, but you know, declutter there, you know, spices yeah. are over here. Um, you know, once again, bring in that fussy friend <laughs> that yeah. can give you the, the look that you might not. We also took away our own personal knives and brought in other knives, just like you would do with towels. Yeah. Definitely bring in oils, salt, sugar, coffee, you know, your basics. Um, if you don't have those things, it's not a big issue, but having those things can be a game changer for someone that's just coming in and they want the basics. So no, it's really nice. I've that's you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of positive reviews, but when somebody goes out of their way to call out something specific, it's usually like, wow, the kitchen had everything that I needed to cook, you know, to cook a meal, to cook breakfast. And and people really appreciate not having to go to the store and buy a bottle of olive oil, for example, or, you know, the fact that there's a couple of decent knives to chop up the onions or whatever. Yes. And things like, you know, we have this giant table, so it's a two topper, Mm -hmm. but you can also pull it all the way up. Most likely in the Airbnb, there's more like two people and unless they have a big family, but I do have one friend that did do that. So I made videos, Mm -hmm. I put them on my website and made sure that everyone knew how to go and find the place. That was a big one. If you have a weird place to get to, oh my God, I remember so many people like, I can't find you. You know, so that I did like video, I did maps, I did everything so that people wouldn't have an issue. But, you know, that can still happen. Um, I was also available, you know, by text. This was a weird shower. So we made sure to have instructions about that. (laughs) Composting toilet, weirdly enough, I thought that was going to be the big issue. It wasn't. I also, you know, our neighbors were literally right there through the fence. So. I was a little concerned, like, what if someone stays there and they're big loud or whatever? So we had great experiences. You also want to make sure you can check other people's reviews that are trying to check in with you. If you have some considerations, if they have no reviews, you know, get them to talk a little bit more about like, who are you? Um, Some people ask me for a deal and I ask them why. (laughs) (laughs) Interact with them, you know, just because they're asking you doesn't mean you have to say yes, but... Mm -hmm. You know, these are all the things to consider this window. You know, we had, we didn't have a bathroom fan because yep. thanks to our yep. builder going out of business. So I made sure to have a little, little signs everywhere. Please leave this open 24 seven. If it's raining, yes, you can close it a little bit more, but we're in San Diego. It never rains. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so in terms of, of short term versus long term, um, can you speak to kind of, the pros and cons. I know we haven't gotten into the long-term section yet, but, uh, yes. but I'm interested in like, you know, in terms of just earnings, I'm, I would imagine that you can earn more as a short-term rental, but that it's just, it's yes. a lot more hands-on work. Absolutely. It's a lot more interchange, especially if we weren't living in this home, no problem. Right. But in our scenario, we were, we left two times for multi-weeks those were the easiest, right? Because we just, yeah. the cleaner wasn't, th- we weren't there to be in her way. Oh my God. There yep. was one time she's like, can you not be here? And so we finally, <laughs> in a nice way, but it was like, can we finally <laughs> That's great. do stuff? So it was really yeah. clear, like, I'm going to call you in and we're going to be out. And then we, you know, we were nearby or something. And, you know, that way, if anything happened, we could come back and yeah. support her. Yeah. But so you really have to know, like, is this something you're just trying out? And it's going to be your own home that you're going to be moving in and out of, mm-hmm. you know, that's totally doable. 
Um, but it is something that I, I think we made great money, but there's okay. there was so much, you know, back and forth. You have to manage, obviously, the check-ins, check-out, reviews. Um, so really being aware of it's not just getting the pretty pictures on and getting people in. There's a lot of mm -hmm. other things around the whole interaction of Airbnb um, or short-term rental. So um, one other thing that I just thought about, it's this quasi because one of the, I hope you can still see my screen. Um, furnished finder. Yep. Yeah, that's another important one because some areas do not allow you to do short term. That's more of the rules around the city or the county that you're in. This is for 30 days or more. So if I was to say San Diego, then um, there's an opportunity I can choose. Let's just choose right now. Here's my monthly budget. But you notice it's a monthly budget. So it's a minimum, you know, we can get somewhere in the 1500, 1200. So, mm. you know, it's pretty reasonable if someone can come and stay at your place for long term. And that kind of weaves me into my next, you know, topic. Unless you have more questions about short term. No, that's that's great. This has been really valuable so far. Cool. So full time rental. So we had done that experience. Um, we actually left our tiny home to park for a winter with my other friend because we had to move it out of the other location in El Cajon. Mm -hmm. we, you know, I felt like, yay, we did the short-term experience. That was awesome. Um, but now what do we do next? And we were toying with selling our home. We went to two shows, both Tiny Fest in Del Mar and also a San Diego Home and Garden Show, put it up for sale, no nibbles. It was priced too high. Um, but, you know, we also were like, we're not sure. So let's price it high. And if something happens, great. And so it didn't sell. And so we mm -hmm. put out an ad on Tiny House San Diego. Thankfully, both of our locations we found through that Facebook group. So if you're looking for a Facebook group, I mean, looking for a place that you may not own, you know, mm -hmm. both Ethan and I have done things where we don't own the land. So that's called arbitrage. And what I like to say is there's the property owner. There's the tiny home owner, and then there's the renter, and whether or not that's through a short term or through a long term. When we found this couple in Escondido, they were actively looking for someone to bring a tiny home on their property. They also were really skilled at short term rentals. Like they had done multiple years with just separate homes, they didn't live in the home. And so when we connected with them, okay, let's do a short term rental. You guys already know how, but here's the kicker you want to make sure if you're doing it with permits or under the radar, mm. because the same people that can go and look for your home to rent it can also be super, you know, staffers of cities or planning department that may be looking for code violations. So if this home was sitting there saying, yay, come rent me as an Airbnb, which we never got that problem in El Cajon, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's just a risk. And the property owner, since this was gonna go there, I mean, this went down this hill, this was not coming out anytime soon. We signed a one-year agreement with this couple and we realized, ooh, that might be an issue because there was no permits taken. They did the $10,000 of utilities, the water, sewer, and electrical, oh my. but there were no permits pulled. Well, that would have taken a much longer time and we really needed to like pull it out of the home and garden show and get it right on the property. And so what they ended up doing, even though we signed an agreement for a short term, is it turned into full time really quickly. And um, those are the pictures. So really, uh, we talk a little bit about, you know, 
This is on my website in tiny homes as an investment. We transformed that crawling closet earlier with our washer dryer used to be right here into a bedroom. Um, we redid a bathtub because we had a leak. This was this um, crazy driveway that we ended up having to hire a professional driver just to get the home into. That's another really big indication. Like I thought we could do it, but our truck just wasn't strong enough. Um, and then what are some other things? So then the ad was put out and what we had basically described was somewhere to come and rent. So notice down below, mm -hmm. here are your options. Rent for $2,400 and ended up going down as low as $2,000. Um, she didn't get a lot of nibbles at $24. I think she went, brought it down to $22. And so therein lies like she did the renting. Having your agreements, so I'm going to go to this next page. Yep. These are the main considerations for long-term rental. Is it permanent or under the radar? If it's under the radar, you might have better luck with at least a furnished finders or putting it out for rent. Because then once the renter is there, there's no one that's going to come on, you know, line. If you're not out in the public view, much like you are with Airbnb. Yeah. I don't know if that's the situation with you. I mean, it's mine isn't permitted where it is. So it's, um, you know, it's under the radar. It's on Airbnb. There was a tiny house there before mine that was Airbnb'd for, for a couple of years. So I'm kind of just, you know, hoping that, that it continues to be under the radar. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think if we had added it at El Cajon too, there were thousands of cars driving by, you know, it's not like the code enforcement just have, you know, twiddle their thumb type of time at, you know, their jobs they are all really yeah. busy, but if someone complained, it's a complaint driven you know, directive. Yep. So yep. oftentimes, you know, one of the best questions you can ask is like, do your neighbors like you? Yeah. Because we didn't own the property. They did. They had just moved in. So they didn't have a lot of months, you know, and here comes this giant tiny home rolling down the road. Now we get stuck down the driveway for a full night. Anyone mm. walking by is like, what's going on down there? So you want to be aware of the location. And if you are at all concerned, what would have been a better bet for us yeah. It's just to hire a professional, knowing the slope, the, you know, the crappy tires that we had, or just the kind of more street tread. And then really what ended up saving us was a Ford F-550. <laughs> okay. Truck. We yeah. called her Butta because, you know, our truck tried to do something. It was spinning wheels. That truck, just no problem. Okay. Right. So be thinking about how this home is getting in. If you're not the pro at that, hire the pro. It's just going to be a cost. And so what I want to share with you is I wish I would have done a lot of things early on, like communicating about what's required. You know, what do they expect and what do we do? What mm -hmm. do they pay for? What do we pay for? Um, they really, what we finally came down to is everything inside the home and even out, just right outside the home. Like we ended up building a deck. We ended up building like a stair deck. Um, we ended up building, actually, I can go back to that. This one right here, this little decking right there. Um, we really only had three weeks to make this thing pristine. We thought wow. it was pristine. We really did. But we had a very, um, I'm going to use the word picky in a good way. I really appreciated her eyes on the prize of like, look, we want this thing to be rented either short term or full time. Because at that time, we weren't quite sure. Mm -hmm. And we want this to be 
you know, spotless. And so we put in a light that had, we had already planned. We had all always planned to put a light in there. We hadn't done it yet. Only two weeks before we had a bathroom leak. And so we had just redone the bathroom. So we had a lot of money out and we weren't sure how this was all going to flow, but there's a risk involved. It's called investment, you know, and fortunately she was able to find a renter. She found a renter that signed a 12 month lease. Only three months later, they backed out. Now mm. she found a renter that, that was going to rent for three months because she went on furnished finders. So thankfully, you know, we've got that. We have an agreement that our home's going to be there until the end of the year. We also have embedded in the agreement. What if someone was to find us and, you know, say, complain, we have to figure out how to get the home out of there. Yeah. You know, we did agree. Like, it's not like it's usually code enforcement comes in and says, right, you have to move it. You know, it's not necessarily within 24 hours, but there's usually a time frame. So yeah. Plus, are, then you've got the like the person who's living there. Do you do you like agree to find them a new place to live? Exactly. Right. There's so many things that you're taking on. Yeah. And so, um, what, let me see. You know, design elements agreed upon. You know, she didn't really like the light I was putting in, but it's my home. And there was just a number of things that. You know, one, we were developing a new relationship, like brand new. It was only, we had gone out to eat with each other a couple times, you know, but now we're putting our home in the backyard of their beautiful multi-million dollar home uh, in a multi-million dollar neighborhood. So I'm really grateful that they could, we could have affordable rental options yeah. in an area that you would never pay $2,000 <laughs> ever. Yeah. You know, you'd yeah. never be able to even buy a home, you know, that would cost that much in mortgage in that area. So I feel like tiny home was an opportunity for someone that, you know, really wanted to live in an area like that, but just couldn't afford it. And it creates infill right now. Yeah. That area has another home that's more affordable in an area that's just beautiful. And other people can take advantage of the roads, the hiking nearby and all that other stuff that otherwise without, you know, multi thousands of dollars a month, or multi-millions to buy a home, you couldn't actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the biggest ones. We ended up with a, I think a five page agreement. That would be the one that I would emphasize strongly that if you're a new relationship with someone, they're new to it, they have to do the utilities. So they recently had one of these, they call it masticating pump. So mm-hmm. whenever the sewer system goes into there, they have to pump it because we were on a slope. So they paid for that. Well, all that failed. Their brand new pump failed. They fixed it. Wow. However, when the renter was like complaining about no dryer, which because we moved our washer dryer down and in the process, it didn't end up working, which is a bummer. We ended up having to buy a washer. Sure enough, we thought people would love to hang dry their clothes. Not the case. This renter happened to really want to dry her clothes. So we ended up having to buy a dryer. So these are just the expenses that we agreed upon. And if you don't have that going in, you might be thinking one way, they're thinking the other, and now your home is in the backyard and you want to have a really strong, solid agreement in place. Yeah, that's for all these things, like having an agreement in place is probably the biggest, I mean, it's like the most important takeaway. It's like, have something in writing. Don't just, don't just shake hands and agree on something. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I am, I have the Go Tiny Academy. Um, Mm -hmm. Ethan invited me to talk about this and embedded in the Academy is a number of things. These are the brands that I now Mm -hmm. have. 
but I would definitely want to do a deeper dive on mm -hmm. how to do this, like how to set up your home and everything that we've touched on, we could probably spend, you know, a deeper dive as well as even sharing the agreements because even when we were renting places from people and we were living in the home, you know, how to deal with compost toilet, how to deal yep. with the water line there. One place that we stayed at, the water system was really bad. The bacteria was bad. So we had a biofiltration system. Yep. Yep. You know, all those things go into, you know, a system that is brand yes. new, really. It's still this yeah. whole industry of figuring things out. Yeah. Well, Lindsay Wood, thank you so much. This was, this was really helpful. And, and I think people are going to really get a lot of ideas from this and kind of learn what they need to kind of research more of. Yeah. I know it's a really big popular thing to either, you know, think of it as an investment, you know, it's something mm -hmm. that you own, mm -hmm. you know, this is a trajectory you're on and it yeah. is a great, great journey. And there's a lot of things to learn along the way that you want to protect yourself as well as be clear with. So you can have a successful journey. Yeah.